everyone, I'm Ahana. And I'm Celine. And welcome back to another video or podcast episode. episode. <laughs> well, and video because we're actually filming YouTube for the, for first, the first time, time in like a month, um, 10 years. Months. But yeah, yeah, it was more than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so welcome back. Welcome back. It's <laughs> great to be on YouTube again. Absolutely. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So today we have some news updates because... There were some, like, important ones this week. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to start it off? Or should yeah, I? sure. Um, I can start it off. And this one, it, it happened pretty recently, so there's not a lot known about it. But it's just kind of, like, it's really, really shocking. Yeah. And it's really sad. So a six-year-old boy actually shot his teacher, which is crazy. Like, I know. I heard about old. this yesterday, and I was like, oh, my it's God. It's so upsetting. And, yeah, yeah wasn't it, like, planned it wasn't like an accidental shooting. Yeah, it wasn't accidental. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so a six-year-old boy was taken into custody after he shot his teacher Kayla Rowland. And this took place at Rick Richnick. 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 Yeah. Elementary school. <laughs> uh, which is in Virginia. And the police chief said there was an altercation between the teacher and the student. So, like, again, it wasn't really an accident. And the student had a firearm in that a single round was fired. And luckily, no other students were involved in, like, no other classrooms. It was just an isolated incident, but just still really terrible. Um, and Virginia law, like, obviously doesn't allow six-year-olds um, to be tried, like, as adults, because that's, like, really, really young. Yeah. Um, and a six-year-old is also too young to be committed to the custody of the Department of Juvenile Justice. So, like, juvie. So, um, a juvenile judge would have authority over like the case and what happens and they could revoke a parent's custody like they could there are a lot of things but um the most probable kind of outcome is that the authorities will file a petition saying um he's a child in need of services like counseling obviously he's like having some issues and um needs some help and it's likely authorities will focus on like providing services to him um rather than punishment just because he's so young um and you know obviously shootings with like people this young like six-year-olds are really rare but they actually have happened in the past which is really sad because this isn't the first time um but and they're still trying to figure out because like the the chief the police chief said a handgun was used in the altercation and they're trying to figure out like where did he get the handgun probably i'm guessing like his parents had it in their house and he took it because obviously like it's not like he went to a gun shop and like purchased gun. Yeah. Like I don't think that. I mean, I've seen some sketchy gun buying, right. but I think that would. I think pass. that would top the charts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know about that. It's kind of not very probable. But um, in the in terms of the teacher who was shot, um, she has improved and was listed in stable condition, and but she did have like life threatening ish. Uh, sorry, injuries. So she was hurt pretty badly, but luckily right now she's stable. Okay. Um, and the police chief met with her and her family. So, yeah, it's really, really horrible that yeah. that happened. It's, yeah, it is horrible. But thank God she's still alive. Yeah, I'm glad that she's yeah. able to recover. Oh but, yeah. I can't imagine what, like, what what would have gotten someone. I know. I just, a, six a, year, a six-year-old. That's yeah. crazy. It is. The gun it's violence so you've been seeing lately from, like, all ages mm-hmm. is just, especially in, like, younger kids, I feel like. Younger yeah. kids have, like, there's been an increase in gun usage. It's, it's just, horrible. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but in other political news, this is not as 
devastating. But Kevin McCarthy won the House Speaker bid after a grueling 15-vote saga. So, um, basically, midterms happened recently. Um, I think it was in November of 2022, around that time. Um, And basically, midterms are every two years where some senators get reelected and um, everyone in the House of Representatives gets reelected as well. Um, And it's basically an opportunity for like one political party, Republicans or Democrats, to get more seats or to try to win over parts of Congress, either the House or the Senate. Um, And in this midterms, we were it was kind of surprising. I feel like it was different than what I thought it would be. Um, because a lot of people were expecting a huge red wave in the Senate as well as the House. And we kind of only saw like Republicans, which is the red, um, take over a lot of seats in the House. And in fact, I think Democrats gained a seat in the in the Senate. So um, currently the stats are like the Senate has, um, I think it's a 51 to 49 Democratic majority. And then they also have the vice president. Um And then I think the House of Representatives, um, there's definitely less Democrats than there were. Um, I think currently, oh my God, I had it somewhere. (laughs) House Democrats, how many? Okay, it's not, I don't know where it is. But anyways, I think there's a majority um, of Republicans in the House yeah, the majority is 222 mm-hmm. Republicans and 212 yeah. Democrats. So that means that there's about 10 more Republicans in the House than there is um, Democrats. So basically, that means that Republicans had to pick a new Speaker of House because every time that these elections occur, the Speaker of House is basically like the person designed to like go like run all the calendars for their you know, jurisdiction or not jurisdiction, their legislation. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally that's like the majority leader. So in they had to do a new vote. The Republican Party nominated Kevin McCarthy. Um, and after 15 different voting attempts, he finally was able to get the role of Speaker of House in his mm-hmm. 15 attempt. Wow, that's yeah. kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was it was crazy. I mean, the voting took a very long time. I, I was like a multiple hour process. Mm-hmm. The final tally for the vote was 216 to 212 with um democrats voting for their nominee to be the speaker of house which was hakeem jeffries um and then six republicans who didn't want to vote for mccarthy oh wow. they actually voted with democrats that's so that's yeah that is surprising mm-hmm. um mccarthy has been like pretty controversial he's said a lot and done a lot of things that a lot of people have been like <laughs> yeah yeah so he's pretty he's a pretty controversial person um which is why i think they kind of struggled to vote for him as much and a lot of republicans are like it's not a lot but six is still a pretty big amount to yeah. switch over to the other side um he said that quote my father always told me it's not how you start it's how you finish and now the hard work begins so obviously he's very excited to be the speaker of house um and I think he's, you know, gonna definitely make an impact. I don't know in what way, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see, obviously. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. So my next update is about 
a Seattle school actually suing a large amount of tech giants. So basically, um, a public school district in Seattle filed a lawsuit against the tech giants behind TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Snapchat. And they basically, the purpose of it was to hold them accountable for the mental health crisis in youth. So um, the lawsuit basically blames like all these platforms like TikTok and Snapchat for worsening mental health and like behavioral disorders, uh, like anxiety, depression, um, eating disorders, cyberbullying, all this stuff, and basically making it like more difficult to like educate students and forcing schools to take steps like hiring more mental health professionals, like making lesson plans about the effects of social media and like providing more training to teachers. Um, but the lawsuit says that from 2009 to 2019, there was on average a 30% increase in like the number of Seattle public school students who said they reported feeling sad or hopeless or just like experiencing mental health issues of that sort. Um, and the school district basically wants to order the companies to stop creating kind of like these really sensitive like things and content that can be really damaging to teens and to award damages to them um to pay for prevention education and treatment for excessive and problematic use of social media so i mean we'll see like how the lawsuit goes i don't know it could it's it's interesting that they're suing them yeah for sure yeah i don't know yeah, that's kind of hard because it's like you can't really control like what right. what gets put out. Because it's like, I don't know, in the end, I guess, what would they really do? Like, would they just like, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like, how do you control that? How do you want Right, would you that? have to just eliminate social media altogether or like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think that social media will ever get eliminated. So I kind no, of feel like. I think it's such a part of our society yeah and i do agree that it can definitely be toxic and stuff but that's mm -hmm. also like i guess it's kind of like there's not much you can do i don't know yeah i yeah i agree and it's also kind of another thing with like freedom of speech and like yeah it, there, there's so yeah. many like different things to consider yeah yeah so that's a, that's an interesting topic mm -hmm. um and are, are you ready for the next yeah. one? Mm -hmm. Okay. So our next update is about Damar Hamlin. Um, Damar Hamlin was a, is, sorry, um, he is a very, you know, well-known NFL player. He plays for the Buffalo Bills, um, which is considered like one of the top like NFL teams right now. So he's definitely a very important player. Um, he plays the role of a safety. And recently, um, actually last Monday, I guess it's like, what is that? The second? I, don't, I have no I idea. <laughs> yeah, the, I think it's the second or something. Um, he suffered a heart attack in the wow. middle of the game. He's 24 years old. So, like, wow. that's crazy. That first is of crazy. All. Um, he was, you know, playing the game. They, he was um, basically, you know, defending, doing what he needed to do. And he made a tackle on one of the opponents. And right after that, he suffered a cardiac arrest. Um, he oh, no. immediately collapsed and, you know, they were like, what, what is going on? He was like clutching his chest. Um, oh. and it basically canceled the entire game after that. Wow. They, you know, they, you know, suspended it and eventually canceled it. People on the field were kneeling for him. The Buffalo Bills got in a circle and were basically like, you know, praying for him. Yeah. Um, he's in very critical conditions still. Um, and 
the medical center he was transferred to was the UC Medical Center, and mm-hmm. he was going there for further treatment and testing. Um, the bill said in a statement that he is currently sedated and listed in current um, condition. So after he collapsed after the hit, he was administered CPR on the field. Um, they were kind of like shielding him from the public view because they didn't want like people to like take advantage of the situation. Yeah, that makes or, sense. Or like use mm-hmm. it for press. So they were kind of, um, you know, just blocking him from it. So, like, what exactly happened to him was basically he was um, – it was the game was between the Buffaloes and the Bengal Tigers. Um, or not Tigers. I guess they just called them the Bengals. Oh, I don't know. God. I just say Bengal Tigers because it makes more sense. But anyways, yeah. he was hurt by tackling their wide receiver, T. Higgins, on a, like, routine play that didn't really seem like anything violent or, like, anything that was out of the usual. Mm-hmm. It was honestly kind of strange how the whole thing happened because it was just a routine tackle things. Something yeah. that he's probably been doing like hundreds of times. Uh-huh. Um, but huh. he led with his right shoulder. And Higgins, since he was leading with the right shoulder while he had the ball, he hit Hamlin in the chest with his shoulder. And I think that's what kind of induced, that's what they're speculating, oh, induced the okay. heart attack. Wow. Yeah. He was down for 19 minutes while receiving medical attention. And I was watching the news this morning with my dad. And he said, um, or the news reporter said that like this type of, that I think there's something happened to its heart where it just stopped beating properly. Wow. Um, and with that, every minute that goes on, your like life expectancy decreases by like a large percentage. Really? Yeah. So That's like scary. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it it is crazy. So the condition that they said was um called comatio cortis. And it probably occurs 20 times a year, according to one of the doctors. So that's like a very low amount. It's a rare condition. But actually, he posted um, an Instagram post yesterday, I think, for the first time since his injury. And he says, when you put real love out into the world, it comes back to you three times as much. So he has been Mm. able to talk. I think after he got injured, he was able to like write a note a couple days later because he had like some damage done and he wasn't able to like speak at first. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's good to see that he's able to type out and he was able to post on Instagram. Yeah. So that means that he's like on the road to recovery and he's, you know, getting better. Yeah. It's definitely scary. I'm glad he's recovering well yeah me too yeah all right so i think that sums up our first half but as always stay tuned for some more updates yeah all right see ya bye bye (laughs) welcome back from the break welcome back all right so we have two more updates each for each yeah we do oh i i have two I do. Oh, oh okay, okay. We have three updates. <laughs> okay. Um, for wait, you go first then. But oh, yeah. okay. Um, for the episode. Yeah. But um, yeah. Why don't you start us off then? <laughs> okay, I'll start us with like something that's kind of it's kind of not like confirmed or anything. Yeah, I mean, don't like take this and be like this is necessarily like a fact, really. Yes. But it's but it's just something to you know to note. Yeah. In case it's important in the future. So yeah. basically, there have been a lot of rumors about Vladimir Putin. For a little bit of context, Vladimir Putin is the president of Russia, um, and he's basically yeah. responsible for being like t- terrible. <laughs> he's like a communist. Yeah. He is a, essentially a dictator. Um, he is the reason that Ukraine has been invaded. He's the reason that thousands of people in Ukraine are currently in distress that have died. Mm-hmm. The world is watching it. He's just power hungry 
He has no regard for human life. He's yeah. corrupt. He is disgusting. He's a terrible human being. Yeah. That being said, <laughs> there has currently been rumors that he has a very bad health condition and has terminal cancer. So there's been a lot of like intelligence reports recently that have raised questions about how his health. Um, basically, it has gained a lot of traction since um, Kirillo Budinov, Ukraine's military in- intelligence head, had like basically told ABC News that Putin has cancer and will die soon. Wow. That's a pretty big deal because he is like the military intelligence <clears throat> head of Ukraine, which is the or country Russia. that. No, Ukraine. He... Wait, who are we talking about? Putin? No, that we're talking about the intelligence head. Oh, that sorry, told... sorry, sorry. Yeah. I thought you were talking. Okay. It's very important because he's the military intelligence head of Ukraine. So for him to be telling ABC News that Putin has cancer, that's kind of like important thing because he's not just like a random person who's just like Putin has cancer. Like he's the military intelligence yeah. head of Ukraine. I mean, he obviously like has, has connections with like yeah information. <laughs> yeah, he obviously probably has some inside information. And for him to say that to ABC News yeah. in particular kind of is very important. Um and the fact that he said this in the middle of the war is kind of, you know, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's necessarily risky, but I think it's kind of interesting because if mm-hmm. Putin would like, if he got angry, he might like do something. I'm not really sure yeah. if that's a possibility, but I was just kind of thinking like, mm-hmm. oh, that might not be great. But when asked about this, the Ukraine military intelligence head that he was terminally ill um and he said that he's been ill for a really long time apparently and he thinks that he putin will die soon so that's kind of like it's a big deal if that if that is true which i mean i'm sure we'll figure out like somewhat soon if that's actually like confirmed and true um but yeah and a lot of like russian or not russian sorry like just other news outs like um outlets have basically been saying that they've like analyzed his behavior on camera recently and they said that like it's more noticeable that he's acting more sickly on camera um in 2020 actually one of the russian critics valerie solovey claimed that he had cancer and parkinson's degrees and he had undergone emergency surgery so this isn't like the first time that this has come up oh okay yeah but i think it's the first time that it's kind of like more like Uh, like a a credible source yeah because it's like someone yeah yeah, the intelligence very interesting yeah very interesting interesting. all right so this is my last update and it's actually about the u.s soccer coach so um and he's the men's soccer coach um his name is greg burhalter burhalter i don't know (laughs) is that like i don't know (laughs) burhalter (laughs) um but he has actually come forward to say that in 1991 when dating his like who right now is like his wife and they have kids he actually kicked her during an argument and it basically yeah it's like so basically he described kind of like what happened in 1991 so that was like what like over 25 years ago like yeah um and he said quote we had been dating for four months when an accident happened between us that would shape the future of our relationship one night went out drinking at a local bar rosalind who's the wife and i had a heated argument that continued outside it became physical and i kicked her in the legs um, and he also went on to say that, like, there are no excuses for for his actions and he regrets it, like, every day. And he said he immediately apologized to her 
and um, told his parents and like everyone he knew. And then she also told her parents. So he didn't really like try to keep it a secret. He did like take full responsibility for what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, so Dan, Daniel Reyna, who's like a former U.S. women's national team player, um, actually came forward with the information and that's how it was kind of like found out mm-hmm. um honest and it was kind of like out of her frustration surrounding comments about her son because so basically her son is like is named Gio Reyna and he's like a midfielder for the team and there was a lot of talk about how he's like good and he was going to be played a lot during the game but then he actually didn't get a lot of playing time um and he's 20 years old mm-hmm. and um he was told ahead of the tournament that he'd see limited minutes on the field and he didn't really like play a lot during like the world cup um so his mom got like really upset and she decided to intervene so in a statement she reached out to us soccer and um basically was kind of like mad and she brought up the story about like kicking the wife um and she said like i thought it was on especially unfair that um Gio, who had apologized for acting immaturely about his playing time, was still being dragged through the mud when Greg had asked for and received forgiveness for doing something so much worse at the same age. Um, And so the woman who's like the mom of the guy on the soccer team was like friends with the wife of the coach. It's kind of confusing. Oh. but So that's how she knew about it. Um, And she basically just like talked about that information so it's not looking very good for the coach he's probably gonna have to like yeah basically just yeah that is that is really like continue his career yeah so so i feel like that's kind of like a unique story it is a unique situation because it was just like i don't know they went on to get married right yeah yeah yeah. which i mean there's probably more abuse or they could be more abuse i don't know we can't really speculate, but it's possible that there was more abuse that we don't know of. So I could see how that could be really upsetting to the mom. But I also think it's kind of strange that she only brought it up when her son was kind of in yeah, the picture. Yeah, because it's like way after. So yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. if you were concerned about her like being abused, then it, you wouldn't really bring it up just because your son didn't yeah. get playing time. I don't know. It's a weird situation. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, but um, on to our last update of mm-hmm. the day. So this is kind of a continuation of something we've been following. Celine, give us a background on the Idaho murders. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, so this basically happened at the University of Idaho, and there were four kids, or not kids, like college students. Yeah. And they were, like, in this home that they were all rooming in, and there were, like, other roommates, too. But basically, they came home at, like, 1.45 in the morning, and then they were at 12 in the morning, or 12 noon, like the next day, the police received a call from one of the roommates that all four of them had been stabbed to death. And basically, um, it kind of like their investigations for months and months, and they're trying to like figure out what was going on and who it was. And they finally identified a suspect. And it was this guy who was studying criminology at like a college that was pretty close to the University of Idaho. And he basically just like, came in and murdered them and they traced his dna and like his car back so that's how they figured it out and yeah yeah <sighs> yeah that's that's basically the sum of it um yeah. so the suspect that selena was talking about its name is <clears throat> brian Kober coberger mm-hmm. and um they actually took a while to find him what was it like a month or something 
Um, it was like a long yeah. Time. No, it was over a month. I think yeah. It was maybe t- uh, maybe a little bit less than two, but yeah. Yeah. It was it was a f- decent amount of time, which is like kind of. I mean, according to like I think modern U.S. standards, that's kind of like a long time to find someone who's in a stabbing. So he was kind of like free basically for a long period of time. And some like online sleuths have speculated that um, Brian Koberger actually was at some of the students like the victims vigils wow that's yeah just, oh my god yeah they said that um he can be seen in a video taken during november 30th at a vigil at the university they made for the victims mm-hmm. so basically he attended his own victims vigils that's just wrong like i i mean that's just like that's uh, probably so upsetting just to like the families and stuff yeah like i just can't even imagine and also like i it's like kind of not only is is it upsetting for the families but it's just like why would you even do that like you went out of your way to kill four people and then you showed up to their visuals like acting like you care about them when you were the one who did it (laughs) like it's ridiculous it is that's really wrong yeah it's horrible yeah one of um a lot of people on the internet are talking about it. They're saying that, like, it definitely is him at the vigil. Um, and it is just, you know, that's just, it's just it has no shame, I guess. That's the only thing I can think of. He's yeah. a disgusting person, but that's just absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason I could think of is, is, like, he wanted to get the police off his trail. He could say that, like, I attended their funeral. Why would I do that? Unless I, like... I guess, but also I feel like that can be contradictory, though. Yeah. Because then it's kind of like, if you go to someone's visual, that usually means you have connections with them, you know? Yeah. So... so that's just confusing. I don't around. know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, whew, yeah. A lot of interesting news for the week, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Thanks for listening. And yeah. as always, stay tuned. Um yeah <laughs> follow our media all, right. all in the bio at we are underscore youth org check out our website and follow the pod all right bye, bye.